0: Hi guys, welcome to Full Time Devils. I am Adam Okola. he is Laurie Whitwell and we are here for Talking United with The Athletic because Laurie Whitwell, if you don't know, is from The Athletic, a fantastic site for all your sport news, not just your football news, your NFL, MMA, basketball, tennis, boxing. They have it all covered. Great journalists covering every single sport, every single club as well, like Laurie, like Andy Mitten, like the Ornstein, they've even got as well. So go and check it out. There's a link in the description below as well, and you can get a seven-day free trial and then 50% off your yearly subscription. So click the link in the description below. It should be flashing on the screen as well and get on it. But myself and Laurie are here today to talk united. And Laurie is fresh from speaking with Oligon of Solskjaer. Um, now obviously you're gonna be watching this maybe around the time of the Astana game. So we're not gonna to touch on that too much, but what interested me when we're speaking off camera was you spoke to, about Axel and also to Axel today as well in the press conference. And um, there was a comment this week on full-time Devils and I agreed with it, but I didn't realise I agreed with it till I heard it. And he said, Mo said in the preview, he believes Axel Twanzebi will take Lindelof's spot before the year is out. Now Axel is a very confident man. Um, what do you what do you kind of impression do you
1: get from from the management in terms of Axel? Yeah, I've heard that said before as well about Lindelof and, and Twanze. Could they you know swap positions? Um, I I was really this is the first time I've actually seen him up close you know in in, in person. I was impressed with how calm he was, um, very composed considering he's twenty one. You know, mm. sort of cameras on him. You know, European kind of environment, I suppose. Um, just said what he needed to say. Pretty. Um, you know, to the point, um, you could tell though that it meant something to him playing for United. Obviously, he's been at the club since I think he was eight, so clearly this is where he wants to go. Um, he's, he's in terms of the him and Lindelof thing. I think he's got more pace than Lindelof, mm. and obviously Lindelof missed a couple of headers this this season. Um, so it's it's certainly one that I think Solskjaer's is looking at because he's going to start a centre-back against Astana and he brought him on, obviously, in midfield uh, against Leicester to Mm. sort of shore things up. So that shows that he thinks he's got enough intelligence to handle that kind of situation, you know, with five minutes to go, make sure you're making the right decision. So, I don't know, I think he definitely wants to watch this season. Have you
0: had any hints to how highly Solskjaer regards him? Um, Because it felt to me when Solskjaer was speaking in the summer that it was almost a decision he made this summer. Whereas from myself looking... Out from the out looking in, I thought Axel had to come back this summer. He had to be a part of his squad and I'm glad that he is. But does does Ali and Mike hold him in that high
1: regard? I think you have to look at the fact that he's allowed Chris Smalling out to go to Roma. Obviously, Rojo, Max Rojo was available for transfer mm. if they'd got something done. Even Phil Jones, I think, would have been, a, you know, if, if they'd got the right club. So he seems to have skipped those three sort of in, in one summer, given what he did at Aston Villa last season, where he spoke about that today, where, you know, he's getting sort of real men's football it meant a lot, huge amounts to Aston Villa last season, big fan base, and obviously they ended up being successful. Um, So, and he he mentioned today that they had a conversation in the summer, sat down, so obviously they did need to talk about it and get it, you know, out in the open, what's better for me, go out on loan again or stay with United. Because Villa would have snapped. Oh, Villa, Villa, well, he was a, was it the Rotherham game, I think, where Taron Mings got sent off uh, quite early on I think um, and it was looking really ropey for Villa and Zabi basically by himself kept that defence together and um, they ended up winning 2-1 and the dressing room afterwards they were just singing his name over and over, the players. So. It's, a great,
0: it's a great chant, is that? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I won't try and do it now. <laughs> um, he's, he's a player that has has definitely struck us like when he was coming through around the same time as Timmy fosu Menza. you kind of looked at those two and maybe Andreas Pereira and thought these are the ones that are going to make the grade now. Obviously, because we've got Mason Greenwood and Tahiv Chung and Angel Gomez, and they're coming through and they're younger. Everyone's talking about them. And also because they're attacking players. Yeah. Uh, you kind of forget about the defenders, but Axel is probably the one academy player that we have that can actually will cement his place in the squad this season if he takes his chances. And it's something to look forward to. And it's something for Lindelof to worry about, I think, as well. Um, which is interesting. Um, Axel's going to get that start against Astana. Hopefully, if you're watching this after the game, he's performed fantastically well and got a clean sheet too. Um, there was also been a lot of talk about Fred this week. Um, now, I know you're in the process of writing an article about him or, or where, where you are in that, but what do you think of Fred at the minute? Um, do you think he can be. Because I feel like he can be the missing midfielder that we needed, the one that we should have signed.
1: Mm. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I guess people might think a creative midfielder would be, you know, on top of that. So like the Eric, you know, the one that obviously they thought they got close to, and he wanted to wait for Real. But if you speak to people from before in his career, he does have that edge to him where he can, you know, be a difference in the final third. I think most of us have looked at him and sort of thought he's a box to box guy, defensive, you know, style midfielder can break play up and kind of pass it, keep it simple. I, I was. I had my doubts about him last season. I wasn't that impressed by him. I sort of didn't really know what he was there Mm. for. But I think you have to look at it in the sense of he was going into a situation with Jose Mourinho as manager that wasn't stable. You know, the team kept shifting. Mm. His position kept shifting. So whilst obviously, you you, you know, you want the best. He was an expensive player. You think perhaps you could ride through that. Still, you think you've got to give him some allowances. Um, So I was actually really impressed by his, his cameo against Leicester. The fact that he came on, brought energy. It was a real sort of stu- substitution I think by Solskjaer who has been criticized for not acting quick enough previously or, or making those changes it did change the the sort of thro- flow of the game I feel like so it, United got more control Yeah
0: I felt like what was important with Fred as well was McTominay had a good game against Leicester mm. but what he doesn't do great is receive the ball from his defenders and move further forward 30 yards he isn't amazing at that he can do it same with Matic very static very isolated and very slow and as soon as he came in, because before that, Ashley Young was getting the ball a lot and just hoofing it down the mm. line. But then we had someone that was coming, offering themselves, receiving the ball in the middle. And it's just incredible how little players we have to do that. And we've almost had to struggle with Pogba playing really deep and doing that job. And Fred can actually come in, maybe allow McTominay to just sit there and then Pogba to go further forward. And it gives us the option to play a free midfield as well, which... Ali hasn't like he done a lot last season, but he hasn't done this season. Is it something that you think he wants
1: to do that three in midfield? I don't know if it's something that he wants to, but I think it's something he he definitely could explore because obviously that's where Pogba is best for Juventus of that three, Mm. uh, you know, in in midfield, left side. So you could have yeah Fred as that sort of one in the middle, McTominay off to the right, um, Pogba off to the left, and 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 see how it goes. I, I totally agree with you. I think against Leicester he pressed really well. So him and Chong. Chased the Leicester defenders. Changed the change game, Charlie as well. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. The, the, obviously, we're talking about energy, but it was it was intelligent energy. I think it wasn't just sort of running around like headless chicken. It was genuinely right. When we, when can we go? Right, we can go now. Press and then they ultimately won the ball back a mm. couple of times. That then just again took the pressure away from defence and yeah, ideally you wouldn't want to be clinging on to a 1-0 win against Leicester but I think the situation sort of demanded it and in though it, with Fred in particular I, I really do feel like he, he made a good contribution which obviously Solskjaer's said previously to, to this point um, the fact that he missed part of the pre-season tour because of his wedding set him back yeah a bit frustrating so
0: annoying <laughs> It really, it really, like, it uh, could
1: have been so much further ahead for us. That's what I, it, it does. It does still boggle the mind that that could happen. That you then have a player that you can't use really for you know a couple of weeks because he's behind in preseason training. But I suppose, listen, we're here now, and like a wedding's one of those things. It's like an excuse that you know you
0: can kind of get away. It's like it's like when you say, "Oh, gotta to go to a funeral," "Gotta to go to." It's like it's <laughs> no one's gonna say no. You can't get married. Like they're not gonna. It's just so annoying. I was moaning about it the other day and um, someone commented, a female commenter commented and was like, you do realise it takes ages to organise weddings? And I was like, yes, but he's a footballer on footballers' wages and he should pay for the fact that he was stupid enough to think he was going to be in the Brazil squad. Well, well
1: well there is that there is that as an underlying point. Um weirdly, I hope you forgive me this sort of you know personal story, but um when Jamie Vardy, um, before the Euros, so it's the, start of the season when they won the title, twenty fifteen, sixteen, he said Sort of like October time, maybe even earlier than that. He said, listen, we've actually changed the date of our wedding just in case I'm in the England squad. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe that was presumptive for him. He was in the squad, to be fair to him, so it worked out. Yeah. But he, there was only a narrow window of time when he could get married. So, I do have some sympathy in the fact that, clearly, with footballers, there's, there's never going to be yeah. you know, a long summer that you've got to, ch- to choose from. But I would have thought, in this situation, you could have done it better. Yeah. Um,
0: you've, you've done an interesting article this week with Chris Coleman. I don't want to spoil it for anyone that's you know going to read it and wants to know about Chris Coleman's other side of things but there's a little nugget in there <laughs> about Manchester United and uh, I just thought it was an intriguing insight and I don't know whether you want to share yeah, it sure,
1: yeah. um, with everyone. Or... Yeah, well, have, I've tweeted it to be for this little nugget oh, okay. so it's so he's fine don't, don't worry. Um, it's, you know uh, he, uh, He's a great guy Chris Coleman he, he managed Wales obviously so he spoke a little bit about Dan James he was coming through he, he, he brought him into the squad um, for Serbia away um, and said he, he took Brilliantly to that, you know. Sometimes it can get over but he said he, he didn't. Spoke a little bit about bail. Um, didn't talk to me a little. T- didn't talk to me about Bale and, and potentially United. But um, he sort of said that he still thinks very much so that he's, he's at, you know, can, can produce for for a big club, doesn't have to go to China. But the one nugget he gave me was that when he was Fulham manager, like all those years ago, he sold Sahar and Van der Sar to United. Yeah, Sahar was mint. Yeah. So he, he got. He told me that he got thirteen thirteen million for Sahar, and only got five hundred grand to actually reinvest in the team because they had to put £12 on the cottage because they had to renovate it for the Premier League. Um, But he kept them up for three seasons, mid-table. But he said in, I think, 2006, um, he saw Nemanja Vidic uh, for Red Star and thought, I'm having him. Um, He's my guy. He spoke to the agent, Mohamed Al-Fayed, was on board with it said, you know, here's the money for it. But United were already in there with him. And he knew Jim Lawler, who's the chief scout at mm. United, still is, um, through uh, pro-license in Belfast. They both did their pro-license together. So he was calling up Jim and saying, listen, Jim, he's not ready for you. Let him come <laughs> to Fulham. Let him learn his trade in England. A couple of seasons, he'll do well for us. Then he can go to you. And Jim's like, no, he's coming to us now. I bet after that Man City game, Chris Coleman's on, I, I told you you should have said
0: it right for- <laughs> Because no, I remember after that Man City game, I think, Sean Golter scored. I remember just thinking, Jesus. But yeah, from, I could just remember Pizza Hut on those shirts. Weirdly Look, enough, I'm gonna go. I'm um, gonna go. But Luisa, I thought was a great signing from from Fulham. It was just a shame he had glass knees because he always <laughs> looked like Rooney's best partner. Mm. I thought him and Rooney really were, yeah. were fantastic. See, I know Rooney did well with other players, but they seemed to have something going, and it was just a shame that. That didn't happen. Um, so going back to the Europa League now, I don't want to go over it too much because people might have already seen the game. But generally speaking, do we get an idea or have you got an idea of how seriously Ali's taken this? Because we saw with Jose, yes, we won it and we had a great time in Stockholm, but it derailed our league campaign. And I feel like this time around, our
1: league campaign may be more important. Or is it like... Um, well, I certainly think to begin with, the Premier League's the priority. Um, they obviously needs to stay in that, you know, race for fourth, just so that in January, perhaps they can tell, tell players, listen, you know, this, we're going to be a Champions League club next season. But obviously, the Europa League presents uh, a great opportunity to get back into the Champions yeah. League as well. Um, certainly, um, Solskjaer was sort of saying that he will give youth and fringe players a chance. I just think you have to, when you've got that many players, you need to give them game time, keep them fresh, give them just that sort of carrot, I suppose, to play football and make an impression with him. Um, but he basically said today that he will... Treat each match on an individual basis. So, you know, he say they've got you know a big match afterwards or a big match before it. He might rest a few players, but if, if you know it, it's um, a more perhaps a more an easier uh, or a more difficult Europa League match, he might put the big players in that and he needs to win. So I do I do think he'll mix a match. It's, it's not set in stone. Basically, is what he said um, in terms of playing the kids or, or, or playing the fringe players. So I I just think it's a great. I've got no
0: choice them, though, though as well, right? Probably. Because. To, to, to rotate yeah. because we've got such a thin squad that yeah. we can't actually just because if we if we rush I don't know players back from injuries and we start playing Pogba, Marshall Rashford every game eventually it's going to take a knock on effect on our league campaign and you even just look at this the turnover between Astana and West Ham two days in between one of those they won't be training the other, I don't know if they train a day before games probably won't be as hard so you're not going to really get any training in there and then it's straight into another game and just worried how that affects things during the season. Um, that yeah. game against West Ham's a, a big one as well. Mm. Pretty pretty tricky game, especially with the way Pellegrini's going.
1: Yeah, they, well, they played pretty well, I think, against Ville. I know they were down to 10 men, but they, by all accounts... It, yeah, it was a
0: decent 0-0. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a horrible 0-0, but
1: they had chances where they probably could have nicked it as well. So. Remember last season at West Ham? We lost... <laughs> was it 2-3-1? or 3-1? I think it was 3-1 and it was like a weird team that... Jose put out one of those that you just It was around thought, the dark times wasn't it Yeah
0: Yeah I remember being outside outside um, the Olympic Stadium just the, it was quite sunny that day as well wasn't it Nick Yes My mood wasn't it was really sad Oh God don't bring me back to them days hopefully we beat them this weekend because we, we do need three points yeah. and you, that's the it's very fragile yeah. at the moment isn't yeah. it the the whole so mood I'm around worried. the club you win a game everyone's happy and then you lose a game and it's it's down in the dumps again but with this squad, we have to be expecting inconsistencies, right?
1: I think that's what you have to allow for because we've had sort of six seasons of United um, like paying big money for players. that Do they necessarily fit with the particular plan? It sort of seems scattergun. Whereas at least with this, you look at Maguire, wan um, and James, there's clearly an idea behind that players on upward curves that clearly playing for United will be the biggest stage of their careers um, but and, and obviously giving youth a chance on Xabi Greenwood and Manchester Gomez. United
0: whilst we've had a great academy over the years we've also been known for taking the best talent from around Britain as well mm. like when we were scouting for Georgie Best and even David Beckham from London yeah, Like yeah. we didn't just get the best players from in and around Manchester we got the best from Duncan Edwards from Dudley for yeah. God's sake so it's like that's what we're going back to as well. In that sense, like grabbing the best younger players from from around England, which is interesting. But again, you look at Declan Rice. I don't know if you've seen the trouble I got myself into on Twitter about Declan Rice and all that stuff. But ninety million, you hear some of the talk. Oh, right. and yeah. I
1: mean, that's a lot of money. It's, it's, I don't know if they go that 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 far. I mean, you look at they bought Maguire for 80 million, but that's a guy that's you know proven season after it season. Is the
0: interesting definitely. Declan Rice real?
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. Madison as well. Uh, I hope that's real. Yeah, I think they're, they're both genuine because you can just see. But I don't think what I've liked about United this summer is that they have walked away from deals where they, they thought it's too much Sean Longstaff um, or they sensed that the player wasn't didn't want to come to them, you know, Paulo Dybala. So and I, I quite like that. So therefore, you, you will get these inconsistencies in performance. But I think ultimately you can see where Solskjaer would like the team to go. So you kind of have to allow for, for that, um, he an, that. He needs he needs another big window, and I don't mean a January window. Yeah, it's no, just absolutely. whether he a- absolutely does makes it or not. I think he knows that he, he knows that, you know he can't rely on these players you know to, to all do brilliantly. He's going to give them a chance, but you need ready-made you know stars that are right at, at, you know at crucial junctures.
0: Anything else popping up in the athletic that we need to keep an eye on? There's a, there's, there's a few boxing articles I enjoyed this week as well. Yeah, um, I, I'm getting. Getting on them as well, not just the
1: football stuff. I get fed up talking about football sometimes, so sometimes
0: (laughs) I just want to dive into it. Yeah, the
1: American side is is great. I mean, I I dip into the NFL sometimes or or even baseball.
0: I've not got to grips with the NFL yet. I watch like the Super Bowl when it's on or have a little look, but and I like the jerseys, I like buying notes. Yeah. But I don't have a clue what's going on. I went (laughs) to a few games last year as well, so that probably doesn't
1: sound great. I was just sat there not knowing what's happening. Give it, give it a go. I, I got. Um, I was in. I lived in America for for a while, and I was actually in hospital. I probably don't know why I'm telling you this, but <laughs> I was in hospital for for, for a couple of uh, for a few weeks actually, and they had college football on. So I just had to get used to it, and I really loved it once I understood it and got used to it, and you know, obviously the pause in play. Um, is different to what we're used to with the football, but it's very tactical and mm. you can see game plans and, and you know, people putting set plays into, into play. So I, I really liked it. I think when you read the writing on The Athletic, that sort of that brings it home a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I'll check out the NFL stuff. But yeah, check it out. MMA is covered, boxing's covered, NFL, football, all your favourite football teams, transfer news and specials as well. Like we said, the interview with Chris Coleman and things like that. So make sure you're checking it out. As I said, the link's in the description below. You get your week free trial and then you get 50% off a yearly subscription with The Athletic. Link is on the screen and in the description below. So go and check that out. Also, if you have any questions for myself and Laurie, then we may be back next week. It's definitely gonna be back talking United with The Athletic, whether it's Laurie or another uh, face from The Athletic. Get a question or two in for us in the comments below as well. And we'll try to answer as many as possible next week. Um, Laurie, anything you want to add before we shoot? Just thanks, thanks for having me. Good chat. Thanks, for, thanks for coming. And at Laurie Whitwell on uh, Twitter as well. Um, check that out. And for now, guys, I've been Adam. It's been Laurie. We're out of here.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.